0: Welcome to The Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a little bit of a hiatus. Thanks for being patient. Jackson, welcome back from Slovakia.
1: Oh, man, I feel like I've just been just been awake for seven days. straight. great. <laughs> i uh been on a different planet for sure, but really good to be back. I can't wait to go to bed immediately after this and sleep for about as many hours as I can.
0: Well, thanks for hopping on. Um, if, if you haven't been um, in the triathlon world lately, um, well, we were recording in Jackson raced in the PTO Collins Cup, I think two days ago, right? yep um and a lot has happened a lot has happened even before that you uh you and i raced and hung out we did watkins blend we talked about all that and then um you went to an altitude camp with mr matthew hansen nader and then you went and raced the canadian open pto race and um we didn't do a recap on that but ultimately i guess you can sum it up in a couple sentences if you want (laughs) Yeah, I uh, actually was
1: physically really on, just wasn't uh, wasn't really on in the swim, didn't Didn't swim enough, I think, race week, and just didn't have much of a feel, and that kind of put me a bit on the back foot, just barely missed that second group, and that was kind of tough coming out in the third group, and biked really well, got myself back in it, and then, unfortunately, I just decided to make, like, a, a, looking back on it, I added a a fair bit of sodium to what i normally take it still wasn't like a crazy amount at all but i i took more than usual and immediately starting to run like i just cramped so badly in my abdomen and it's consistent with anyone i've talked to who's taken in too much sodium it was the same sort of feeling so i was just screwed which sucks because i was in a great spot
0: but yeah. um well, yeah. You can you can overdo sodium and it kind of clogs the old guts up from processing. And it just kind of sits. So more or less next time, if that ever happens, just start taking some more water, I guess. I did. Yeah, I, I was drinking water and it gradually worked its way through, but you don't have much
1: time in an hour run. And by the time I started feeling okay, it was like the last two or three K. Um, but yeah, uh, but, but, you know, fitness is good. And uh, I still, you know, trained well after, had some really great training, and I still able to use that altitude to like boost my training. So, um, wasn't
0: yeah, I didn't even that. like hear from you after PTO US Open or uh, Canadian Open. Sorry, I think you were just like threw yourself into the program the training and you were like super fired up for Collins Cup. Um, but real quick, Tamara at U uh, Canadian Open. She, what, ran her way into 12th? I, I think it was 13th. 12th. 12th
1: or 13th, I could be wrong, but it's really so, solid day.
0: So, tough day for her overall in terms of uh, just, you know, swim, bike, but she still clawed her way up there pretty darn good, as she does. Um, I just needed a little bit more running like or running distance, I think, to really get into the top 10, which she definitely could have done.
1: Yeah, yeah, she was – I mean, she's – this is her first season where she's been all the get into some really competitive fields, like consistently. Um, So she's just getting better every single time. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, But yeah, her runs, her runs stellar. So um, as soon as she can consistently be in there kind of on the bike, then it'll be uh, crazy to see what happens, which is what happened at the Collins Cup.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, that was a big deal. I mean, if last year I felt like I was a little bit more present for the week, of the race because i didn't have as much going on um so i missed a couple of the stuff but i caught some highlights and saw the ceremony it, and overall i think just before we start talking to any of the race like what a logistically busy event for all the how many pros were there maybe like 25 or 30 there's uh 36 30 okay 36 so Everyone gets there like Tuesday or Wednesday, right? Of the race week. Uh, everyone, people arrived anywhere between
1: Monday and, or sorry, even Sunday and Wednesday, but you're supposed to get there kind of by Tuesday, okay. yeah, Tuesday for the
0: Saturday race. Okay. And then you had a lot of media obligations, pictures. Um, it's a great opportunity for sure to get, you know, pros in their natural environment all altogether. Um, but just kind of in the days leading up, Jack, like, what was it like just kind of having four days and then you're just surrounded by everybody? What's that like?
1: Yeah, it was really cool. Like the, the media stuff is like pretty minimal, honestly, this year, like the last two days before there's a lot of like stuff where everyone's at it. So it's like the press conference, the pro meeting, the um, the opening ceremony that you have like a rehearsal for the opening ceremony. So it's like pretty busy, but it doesn't feel like work. Like it's just kind of hanging out. And, um, there's only like one interview and one, uh, photo shoot. Other than that, there's a couple of things that they ask, like some people to do and not others, but it's not too, too much. And, um, yeah, it's like, it's kind of a unique, place like race because you're literally like racing at like an olympic training facility that's like a resort like the x bionic sphere is literally like it's a hotel that has like a 50 meter outdoor olympic pool an indoor pool uh 25 meters it's got like training facilities for like horse racing it's got training facilities for like gymnastics and like other sports and so it's like this facility and You don't have to leave, so you literally are at this place the entire time, everything's there. Um, which is cool because for the age group racing, it's a great place for a race. You go, the logistics are all simple, really simple. Um, and it's a nice place to stay. It's a full board facility, so
0: you get your meals. Um, if you pay for the hotel, um, I don't think it's that expensive to go like stay there. I looked at the rates, it was like almost 88 euro a night or something.
1: Really, that's amazing, yeah. Um it's it's pretty cool like it'd be a good spot for a training camp um so yeah i mean that part's really cool i think um it's exciting like doing the opening ceremony we don't know what our matchups are until the opening ceremony so that was interesting and and i really wanted to race gustav honestly um so i was stoked did you talk Uh, to him
0: at all after the selection or was it like cordial not
1: really i mean i think I think it would have been, um, I think, you know, any kind of trash talk or anything would have been a little bit like frowned upon because when you're that heavy of a favorite, you don't, (laughs) you don't trash talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Uh, just your presence and breathing is like enough. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so there wasn't too much going on in there and the Sam and Sam and, uh, Lionel kind of mostly Sam and Sam situation took up all the attention.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so that yeah so last year it was Ellie Salthouse and Holly Lawrence which was in obviously talking to them and knowing them as we do like they they're friends like there it's it kind of gets well, pumped up I mean I don't think they're friends well they're they're, they're, they're polite to each other haven't yeah, they're out not Ellie a little bit
1: yeah they they had a little thing a race where Holly thought Ellie was drafting or something and then words were exchanged and that was literally it and, like a couple years ago and then somehow the pto got wind of this and like drummed up this rivalry last year yeah and, but then they were really battling during the race and then holly crashed so they this year they're like okay they did the rematch um but the sam Lalo just like went after sam long at, before the collins cup made that rap about him apparently he was messaging him privately chirping this is what i've heard and sam just couldn't take it anymore and kind of flipped out and and the whole thing was pretty uh, dramatic <laughs> And then that race ended up being pretty dramatic as well. So
0: I think hopefully for people watching that, that was pretty exciting. It, it was, I would say after like, you know, the bike kind of took off and they just left Sam kind of behind. actually no, he was off the run a bit with them too. Once they just kind of tanked him on the run, it was like, it was kind of like a little fire up inside of you. Like, I guess that's what happens if you start running your mouth too much, but I kind of, I wasn't mad at Sam Ladlow or Laidlow for kind of having some fun. I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics, but I guess it was a little off color with some of his comments or he just kind of targeted Sam, Mr. Yo, 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 like Sam used to do, but honestly it was a little bit more over the line, I think. So I think and Sam, I guess, based on the press conferences, like he's trying to kind of smooth his image and be less of a MACA type of guy and more of a, you know, I don't know, more neutral and responsible, like a yawn ch- charisma. So I think that's what's going on. Like Jan and Lionel, you know, who wouldn't want yeah. to be like Lionel? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that there was nothing that Sam Laidlow said that was really anything like in my mind, anything disrespectful or anything sort of over yeah. the edge. The, the thing that it was, was he was just relentless and he was yeah. just, chirping and chirping and chirping and eventually sam hit the breaking point and then sam long did and then when sam laid realized that he like immediately was like oh i'm sorry dude like i didn't real like you know i i didn't mean for it to come across like this but then sam long was just there was no there's no coming back from it he was just like you've gone too far i don't want to hear anything from you like i'm not accepting your apology kind of thing yeah. And Sam Laylow was upset. Like he was talking to Dylan. He was talking to PTO, like um, people high up in the PTO, like trying to, you know, apologize and make sure that everything's smoothed over. But he, you know, you could tell it was uh, he felt Trustful. bad. He felt really bad. So um, I felt bad for Lelo, honestly, like in my, I see where Sam's coming from as Sam long for sure. In terms of like, you know, you got, you, you got to be respectful to the other people, but at the same point it wasn't much different at all than how Sam long was three or four years ago. Um, and, you know, at first Sam long rubbed Lionel the wrong way, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Right. And then, you know, I guess he had to earn their respect. So in a sense, I think laid low, uh, like after the race, I think they kind of, you know, that was it. They fought it out and Sam laid low, you know, kind of had a rough time after he got passed and that was that. And, uh, long got the last laugh and I think it's kind of over now.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think it was a little, you know, it was a little jest and made, so, for we need some rivalries in the sport. I mean, we can't just all be, well, how are you now? Well, okay. I'm just, uh, come over for dinner on Sunday and everyone's happy and chummy and good old times. We need to have a little bit of a uh, drama, I think, within the sport because that creates ultimately, some good competition and we want, we, we like to root for the underdog or we like to go against, you know, it's just like age old good versus bad or whatever you, whatever side you lie on what people pick football teams based off of a color. So, I mean, we got to create sides, I guess, in the sport sometimes. So um, all that being said, the opening ceremonies were great. Um, Looks like super orchestrated PTO put on a great event. Um, And then it was like, Oh, there I woke up Saturday morning. It was like uh, the first girl, first group went off already. I was like, this is awesome. Perfect timing. Yeah. Um, so h- how like early do you have to get there? What are the logistics like on race morning? Is it a lot of a lot of waiting around? It's
1: not race morning, it's race afternoon. Oh, race afternoon, sorry. So women start at one and then after the last women's wave, there's 10 minutes apart. The last women's wave, 30-minute break, then the first men's wave is at 220 last men's waves at three ten. So, um, yeah, you just kind of same like any race you find when's your start time, plan your meals around that. And sort of, you know, I was like, okay, I'll have breakfast at whenever I wake up, then I'll have my lunch at noon. Cause I was starting at three and that was all good. I did a little swim in the morning. Um, you know, have to drop the bikes off between noon and one, like just normal. It's nice and easy. The hotel's like a, three minute walk from the transition. So it was like, it's super, super easy. Um, little bit like, you know, you're kind of following what's going on in the race while you're getting ready. So that's something you have to kind of like, not, you know, get too immersed in it, but we were doing pretty well early on. We had, uh, we had some women leading and women were doing really well. And I, right before I actually got to the start area, I had like my last check-in on the timing Tamara was like with the other two girls on the bike, like pretty decent into the bike, like 20 K or something. And I was like, okay, this is, I'm fired up. Like, she's doing great. Um, so that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. All the matchups were, well, I mean, spoiler alert Europe just destroyed everybody did, uh, how many did team international win? We won four out of 12 four out 12 and us one zero we just didn't didn't have it in the legs that day but europe man what a dominant force it kind of just goes to show you that european countries support triathlon more to younger age and maybe overall like the mindsets are different or the sport is probably a little bit more new for north america maybe yeah Um, it's
1: tough too because like then again just population right number of people yeah you got more athletes to choose from you've got i do think they're beatable honestly like um if you look at the number of people who like really didn't have a good day like it's it's also tough to go to europe and beat europe from usa yeah right from usa or internationals coming from australia canada south america it's you know you're a big time change and the chance of coming around and feeling good on race day or even decent is like basically 50, 50. Yeah. Um, so, you know, unless you're going like three weeks early, but you're going three weeks early for a race that is essentially an exhibition. And when you look at your, you know, you're getting paid for your appearance fee. It's a totally based off your matchup. Like it's not like it's a normal race where you're peaking for a world champs or something. So, yeah. Um, once they move Collins cup to somewhere else, I think we're going to see a lot different results. Like sure. Europe likely could still win, but um, international or USA would definitely have a chance to push them. And, you know, like we held our own, I think like obviously USA had rough days and that's just tough. Um, But winning four out of 12, like if we can win four out of 12, USA wins three or four and we get a bunch of seconds or whatever, like Europe can be beat. Um, So Excited how big, this time, but.
0: what were how big i didn't watch every single match because i had a really long bike that day so i missed a lot of the good stuff and i watched a lot of the recap but what were the gaps like were were there big gaps for like four to six minutes between finishers or how tight only, were they? yeah
1: almost always it was blowouts really? um the only close finish was the only really close finish was sam and lionel which was a sprint finish basically um The uh, second closest one would be Tamara and uh, anyhow, which was like a minute or just over a minute. So, um, yeah, those are the two races that were actually like exciting. Some of them were a little bit exciting on the bike and then it quickly wasn't um, once sort of people got past. But yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. um, I don't think the gaps would have been as big if there weren't so many, like so much media with this race. And like, there's a ton of motorcycles out there and there just was a lot of motorcycles typically with the leaders and, you know, it was different between each race, but some of the races they weren't doing that great of a job of staying out of the way. And there was a draft, like I, in our race, like I saw four motorcycles with Gustav what the one time I saw him. So, I mean, it's only one time, but like, there was like one, there was like two beside one behind and one like in front a little bit to the side, but still not that far in front of them and definitely helping. And like, you know, a lot of people had issues with what they saw. And like, I had people telling me, like they were upset with how they felt they were getting an advantage from the bike and they like thought it wasn't fair to their competitors. So when you have people saying stuff like that, you know, that there's problems.
0: Yeah. Um, it's nothing new unfortunately since our sport is becoming more broadcasted and these these were probably four years ago when we were talking about i mean i remember every freaking starkowitz freaking pro meeting or even keenly they would always talk about keeping the lead vehicle lead vehicle and now it's moto is just right up in there so yeah you know i think it's great to have people watch us i just don't know how to fix how to fix that
1: yeah, I mean, it's – I don't I, – the the probably the real way would be – the best way would be you train a group of drivers, motorcycle drivers and camera people, and you set sink. rules, and you, like, have a whole training course for them, and then you fly that team around the world, and they're the ones who drive all the time. And in that way, you know, if someone's make, made a mistake in a race – you can correct it. They'll learn, they'll get better. And like these people will be consistent. they will be professionals at it. But the reality is people go to these, the media teams go to these races. They hire a motorcycle driver for like whatever, pay them for the day and they train them in the parking lot, like the day before the race. And they're just, there isn't that understanding of the sport, the like understanding of what's at stake, understanding of how the drafting even works with motorbike. And it's not really their fault. It's just the way that it is. So, yeah. um, And it's Collins Cup. Like the one thing that almost every single person I talked to from the race was sure on was that the drafting motorcycles was a problem. It wasn't the athlete's fault. It was inconsistent. So it was unfair. The thing that is widely variable is how to deal with it. So some people say it's not that hard. You make a rule, you never, ever, ever have a motorcycle go in front at all they're just either beside or behind some people say well you have to let them go in front sometimes to get shots of the face because people want to see emotion and stuff some people said you know you just make it so the collins cup doesn't have points available and then it's an exhibition and then yeah if somebody gets lucky with a draft on a bike it doesn't affect any kind of income or like year-end ranking or anything yeah. Um. So huge variance and different suggestions for how to deal with it. But it was pretty, pretty much unanimous that there was an issue.
0: It's pretty, I think it's pretty clear if they get the funding in the, I guess, the technology better. Race Ranger could put a piece of technology on the moto to let him know when he's causing an infringement because it'll be tracking it live. And then yep. going in front is, I don't see a problem with going like, let's say you're at 12 o'clock and someone's ahead of you at like nine o'clock like it doesn't seem like that would be too bad if they've got a good enough lens to just show the stuff like it can be it can be so done and so easily yeah that was another suggestion was if they're going to be ahead they have to be in the other lane yeah
1: uh, or something like that but you know what like honestly all in all i don't think it affected the overall winners in any in any case like i could be wrong on that but just made the gaps bigger right Right. It just made the gaps bigger and it made it even harder to compare between races, which, you know, shouldn't necessarily be that important anyway, but that's how they calculate the points. They just assume everyone was in the same race. And again, I was in just shitsville. I was nowhere, no matter what happened. So it doesn't affect me, but the wind literally switched and increased like, like there was just a switch in the weather. The wind picked up and then all of a sudden on the way back, there was a headwind and it happened. It happened at the same time, like the same moment in time. So the later waves, like the latest waves, they, they had, they had 25 K into the stronger headwind, like second latest wave, which was me. We had like 20 K the next wave up had like 15 K like the earlier waves, they were already done like the women, but even the early men were almost done or done. The bike didn't have that increased headwind. So like you can't really compare um like everybody you talk to them and they're like yeah all of a sudden the wind came up and it literally was
0: at the same moment in time um so you can't really well compare that but in that case though at least they're only racing legitimately the other two competitors who are probably dealing with the same circumstances
1: well exactly so that's fair within each race but then when you look at points at the end of the race oh because um, total time yeah it's your total time okay. but you know what like th- that's all minor things and the most important thing about this race is like was it entertaining to people was the broadcast good i've heard it was certainly better than last year um it was simpler they had less going on there wasn't as many technical issues um so that was good the unfortunate thing i think is as i mentioned before like the races typically they most of them weren't close so you know it was like oh look gustav's winning by a lot like Christian's winning by a lot. Danielle is winning by a lot. So
0: there, there they are running again.
1: Hey, yeah. look, they look there they are running.
0: Oh, he The Sam and Sam and Lionel race probably saved the viewership because. Could have. I mean, I think everyone wanted to watch that matchup because I think of that little splash of emotion. So I think it did its and part. it was a close race. Like Sam and Lionel battled to the freaking end again. Yeah. Well, you knew they would. They're just, how many times have they done that now? It's been a lot at least four yeah. times uh, yeah and it's great uh,
1: lionel finds a way to win again he does like, the thing is like i was talking to sam long i just briefly after the race i saw him in the parking lot because he had to he had to jet out of there right after the race and you know he was happy with his race and stuff but he was like just like i tried to drop lionel so many times i had gaps on him and he just he's just finds a way in it and he like he I don't know if he's possible to beat in the last 2k like he literally Lionel has has beaten Sam mentally to the point where he doesn't think he can beat him in the last (laughs) 2k like the sprint finish you watch it as
0: soon as Lionel goes Sam doesn't even try he's just done yeah it looked like um I agree with you now that I watched it like 30 minutes ago watching them run in the grass you could just see lionel's facial everything was just so much different than sam sam looked like he was on the rivet and didn't have the fight anymore um sam had put like 60 70 meters into lionel at one point in the last two or three k
1: oh gets back in there because like sam puts the surge and then he just doesn't quite hold it and then he starts coming back and lionel sees it and it's just then he's just relentless like (laughs) it's uh he is beatable i know he is and and like I don't think he's finishing that fast. I think he's just Tactical. so impossible to drop. People try so hard to drop him that they use everything trying to
0: drop him. Yeah, you blow yourself up just trying to drop Lionel and then he just has to keep going. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. But I love it.
0: You know, it was cool. Like,
1: it was, it was awesome. I mean, I had a fucking horrible race. Like, obviously, I just had
0: nothing. But, um, you know, you just well, come, came up totally empty. Came up totally good. empty like, at least you didn't have cameras on you showing you how bad you felt the whole time though, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I had no cameras, yeah. <laughs> no
1: motives with me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, fa- I, I just had nothing to push. Like I tried to elevate to like close a gap in the swim and just, there was no next gear and then bike. I like held okay the first half and then just faded horribly and like felt like I literally wanted to fall asleep. And I've never once ever had that in a race. Like my eyes were like closing during the race. And I just, I didn't sleep well all week and never adjusted well. But I think I just, I do struggle in those zones where you're just like immersed completely in the sport and just everything about what you're doing is about the race. And it's too much. Like I, and I recognize, and I know that it's an issue of like, I got to get my mind off this. I got to find something, but no matter what I do, like, montana and i would like watch a show or talk about other stuff or anything as soon as i lie down to go to sleep my mind will not stop thinking about the race
0: but i just can't what you're missing it's uh you know what you're missing uh
1: i wasn't there yeah no nick yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to get at is like i i don't like being just right at the race side and just so immersed like it's nice to just get away a bit go to an airbnb with friends Hang out. Like having Montana there was great because that distracted me from just, you know, like we hung out, and we had fun, but it's still like, being there. It just reminds you so much of the on and, you know, I've had great, my best results are always when I'm ready, but I'm not obsessive and like so yeah. focused that it just takes up mental energy before the race.
0: Yeah. I feel um, like it puts you in more of a defensive start rather than you're usually pretty. Um, tactically savvy, and I think that that kind of goes out the door a little bit because you're just like feeling like you're already a little bit off and behind. Yeah, you've used, I've already, you've already used energy for the race, just thinking about it so much. So, yeah, uh, um, it's a, a tough one to probably get. I mean, think of, uh, I mean, I think of football players too sometimes, or the amount of interviews they have to do just like in between and right when they get on field, they just can never be off. Yeah. So,
1: anyway, Dallas is be different. We're gonna have a fun training camp before. Uh huh. Um, I'm sure Leslie will get in. She's, you know, had a good race there in Boulder and she deserves it. And, um, we're going to train with you a little bit at altitude until you go to your race. And then, um, you got the freaking Ironman coming up.
0: Yeah. Um, with a great old new addition to my body, a broken rib. You broke your rib. Well, I don't know if it's, it's definitely a tiny little fracture, but you've had a broken rib. It's no big deal. Yeah. Can you
1: run though right now?
0: yeah i so i can run i can uh do everything run but hard i haven't tried yet i'll know in a couple of days but i'll um it's the breathing
1: heavy that'll get it
0: yeah i mean even going upstairs sometimes i feel a little winded um yeah I, i've got you know me i got the recovery stuff all over the place i'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna be, so the be broke a bone in like a week it takes three weeks to kind of get through this from what I've heard and talked to people at my like not aggressive um whatever i've got going on it's not that bad um but i think no, I you'll can, be all right i can do it in a week and a half i think i'll be fine you you won't be able to push hard with like big heavy breathing for yeah. a
1: week to a week and a half and then you'll work it up and then like but you can maintain your fitness because you can just go to lower effort
0: yeah and it's just iron man training i'm not going to be pushing to 90 percent uh, for these last couple of weeks except to stay sharp on some wake-up sprints or something so it's yeah. fine i'm actually not pretty not stressed about it because also i'm moving how'd you break your rib oh did something real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> i i told amy afterwards i was like why'd you why didn't you remind me i've got a race in three weeks and i'm an idiot i uh we did a wakeboarding um <laughs> and, I, and not i guess as Shouldn't say this, but uh, I did that after an 18 mile run. I was like, oh yeah, we'll go on the boat. I, I'll pop on the wakeboard. I did it a couple of weeks ago with our with, uh, friends on their boat. And I had a great time. I was clearing the wake and getting some good chops. And then this time around, it was like a lot choppier on the lake, like tons more boats. And holy crap, I just caught the edge of another wave that was coming in right when I hit the lip and it i kind of put me at 28 to 29 miles an hour because of the surge I had into the wake. And I was probably 10 feet in the air and I came down directly on the other side of the, the wake on the wave, which is pretty sharp on these boats. Like, and I think my elbow dug right into my rib cage. So I just, I laid there for like good five minutes afterwards, kind of like breathing. Like, what have, what have I done? This is how bad is it? Tried to swim immediately. And it was like, okay, I can swim. I can swim. There's oh, no <laughs> So well. anyways, I'll be all right. It's uh, I, I'm moving this, thursday so i needed a bit of a down week anyways to not ha- i even you know requested that ahead of time so it's a lighter week still got three hours or five hours of training tomorrow but we'll see, see how we go.
1: holy fuck
0: yeah well um good old nick's got
1: to do something like that that makes sense um also yeah we didn't even fi- we didn't even mention but Tamara ended up second in her race
0: oh yeah
1: uh, she stayed with jackie and and the whole annie the whole bike they kind of shared the load a bit and uh and then you know she, pulled Danny pulled away early in the run. Tamara wasn't able to close it. But and she was gonna bring it back. Yeah, you know, it's it's a huge breakthrough for her. Um she pushed harder on the bike than she probably has before. And like I still like you just look at, you know the number of amazing runs tamra's had she still ran incredibly well she was still second fastest run she just yeah. had to. she's annie had the fastest and annie did have her he, she had an amazing run at the end of the race she said she had like a very good run and still i think Tamara's a faster runner like like you know if they go head to head again i'd pick Tamara, not just because she's my friend and on our team but you look at her run time she has like five of the top seven ever 70.3 runs or something ridiculous like that. So
0: once I got to I don't know this answer to this. I got to ask, did for the selections, when they chose this pairing, who chose first, was it USA or Europe countering Tamara? Uh, Oh, I would be mad if USA was like, let's put Tamara against any hog. Like we have a better chance of her going against someone else. Who's not as suited as a runner. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I gotta look at Jackie. Jackie's a good
1: matchup too, though, because she could get away on the bike. Jackie had a really off day, she'd been sick, yeah, she hadn't been training while leaning in, so she was kind of you know just wasn't at her best. But when she's at her best, she might have been able to break away on the bike, and who knows? But uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's tough because. You can't have every matchup favorable. Like this one was very favorable for Tamara, I thought, because it was a great pairing where she's capable of staying with them on a good day um, and then, you know, feeding off of them and then hopefully outrunning them. Um, whereas if she was with someone who was like a really, really strong biker, it might have probably been too big of an ask. Um, like, a, you out. know, yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. Well, I guess so. Andy and, and Tamara do bike similarly. So that makes sense
1: yeah so it was a good yeah great day for her awesome to see um, and yeah her her race was the most fair of all the races probably because they were all together the whole time all the motos were within that group yeah, and they were yeah. sh- shifting their positions so if there was more of a benefit somewhere versus another um there would have been um you know they would each have gotten that at different times so that was that was really cool but yeah we uh you know We were struggling there at the back and, uh, I was at the end and, you know, feeling sorry for myself and, um, it's kind of coming around now. And I think I just need one more day of not really training and doing too much triathlon related. And then I'll be ready to start hitting it. I need to sleep for God's sake. I just need to go sleep like 11 hours. So,
0: well, it just goes to show you, anyone listening, even the best in the world, in a match of three sometimes if you're even just getting dropped by a minute or two you feel like a big old piece of crap and you're like wondering if you're ever going to have your life together again and (laughs) what does it all mean it happens to everybody don't think that you're alone yeah it's uh, it happened to like half the people in that
1: race like it's it's crazy it can be a humbling sport so um yeah super stoked for you know dallas training just to get back into that and um you know a couple days easier and and we'll be hitting it and uh other news Ironman Montremblant happened our boy Cody came third um no second oh he was third
0: third. yeah it was uh Josh Amberger
1: was second Colin Chartier got the win that was his debut Ironman no he did one earlier this year South Africa but he didn't finish so wow good
0: for him Well, we yeah not surprising
1: he's solid really good athlete Great runner, put it all together on the day. So that was really cool. And unfortunately, our, our friend Taylor just wasn't quite having a good day. Didn't end up finishing, save the legs for another one. And uh I
0: think he's coming to Wisconsin. I don't know for sure, but he was asking me about it before the race. Yeah. Well, yeah. isn't breaking a rib? How's your training been going? Oh, it's great. I've been uh putting up some really good. Bits of everything. Well, the run's actually just starting to come around. It felt like after I took that little break after Watkins Glen and I just, it's been hard for the legs to come back on the run. The bike legs have been fierce. Um, swimming's been a better program than ever. And the run's just been, I don't know, maybe cause the bike's been taking a jump up. I'm still waiting for the run, but had a really good run. Um, 17 miler did, you know, whatever, before I broke my rib, uh, felt pretty good about that. And then you, you break your rib because it kicks you in the teeth, um but yeah otherwise great looking forward to that literally
1: just just keep a base on the run you'll be fine
0: yeah i'm not worried
1: Uh, it's all been good i
0: think as you know the toughest thing nutrition i've been trying to make sure i square that away um i actually tried ketones on a couple rides and all I can really say is they're the worst tasting shit I've ever had. My <laughs> mouth. They are terrible. So I tried it a couple of ways. Um, I tried just taking a shot of it here and there, and that was fine. Um, but then oh, biggest mistake, I put it in one of my bottles and mixed it with my drink. The whole thing. Every time I took a sip, it never got better. It just got like more congagulated and oh, it was, it was worse. So yeah take shots of it and then you can chase it with sports. So has that been
1: helping you and like with your training?
0: I haven't felt like it did a damn thing. Uh, I can say that I had that taste and smell in my mouth for a while. And I was like, what the hell? I'm never doing this again. But then I talked to a couple (laughs) other folks and they're like, well, just give her a couple times. I think it does take a little bit of, you know, adaptation to figure out, you know, if your body's going to start to process it a little bit more efficiently. Um, So I'm going to give it a couple more tries. Um, but that
1: Hanson has, he uses ketones and he says, what'd he say? He said, the main thing is that it helps. It's something to do with helping you, um, helping with the
0: absorption. Of yeah.
1: Yeah. Helping you absorb better with some of the other stuff. Like because it,
0: it crosses the blood brain barrier really effectively. Um, so it kind of right. like jumps over a part of, you know,
1: yeah, the yeah. It does it efficiently, but I don't yeah. Know. So, uh, camp coming up, we're going to have a good time. Got her all booked.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll and, see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week early. I'll have a new house by then and probably be real stressed out about it, but, uh, <laughs> we'll still, you'll still have a, I guess what I did for you. what did you do? So my birthday was in July and, uh, my mom was like, you know what? You're you're a good kid. I'm going to give you a, a nice chunk of cash. And I was going to buy this. And you're going to give it to me. I was going to, well, <laughs> here's what I did. I was going to get this really sick iPad Pro with like keyboard. It was like going to be the best one I could get, which was I obviously think, that's the yeah. only way you buy anything. <laughs> but then you're, you better take that back because guess what I'm about to say? Uh, our new house has an extra bedroom. And I was like, shit, we need a nice, Nice comfy bed for Jackson. So I spent all that money on a bed, a really nice king mattress uh, for our guest room that you're gonna be in, and for a and nobody hours.
1: else gets to sleep there ever. Just me.
0: No, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna sleep there naked all over. I'm breaking that mattress in. You know <laughs> that and your head's at the pillow area. Oh god. In there. Well, that's gonna be awesome. Can't <laughs> wait kidding. for that. Yeah. Anyways, and, uh, uh, that's the bud. The bud code. Yeah, uh, but I can see uh, you're about to fall asleep on me, so we'll let you get out of here. I am, but
1: you know what? It's been a good, good trip, still, was a great experience. PTO is still doing awesome stuff, and I really hope people start supporting the races as well. Like, honestly, sign up for Dallas. Nick has, Nick has uh, 10 you know, big, big discounted entries, so do I. So, if anybody wants a discounted entry to Dallas,
0: I only got nine
1: now, someone used one. Okay. You get 30% off. Um, if you just message either of us on Instagram or anything, we'll get them to you. And I will reiterate Edmonton. I talked to age groupers after the race and like completely unprompted. They all said that the organization and the quality of the event was like the best they'd ever had better than Ironman. It was just next level, um, in terms of how well organized, you know, aid stations, Support, um, being able to watch pros race, being able to interact with the pros, everything was just super cool, and they loved it. So that's great. Um, I imagine Dallas will be just as awesome, and you should consider doing it if you can. Because the reality is, if the PTO doesn't, you know, succeed financially, these things are going to go away for us. So if you like supporting the pros and you like what PTO is doing for the pros, you know,
0: try,
1: try, try racing try another race room. with them. Just give them a chance. You know, just. Give him a chance. Come on. Give me a chance. Forget about it. You can still get the M dot tattoo if you want. Like
0: nobody's gonna tell on you. No, you gotta get the PTO tattoo. Oh, yeah. That's gonna be the next thing. PTO plus PTO with the circles. You know, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool. Logo. It's not it's not as good as RTS, which I did get a tattoo of as a surprise. Where? Your butt. I find out. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Jackson. Um, we will have hopefully a guest on next time we've been waiting for people to kind of get done with this damn Collins cup to get them on the interview. So <laughs> hopefully have somebody else come on so they're not all stressed out anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, Jackson,
0: you know, you're going to have a great Dallas. Don't you worry about it. Thanks bud. And I just every- did that
1: training camp with you and I'll be ready to go.
0: Everyone who's listening right now, join, join with our send off in for Jackson. Okay. Ready? Peace. Peace. Oh, oh no. we really
1: on. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruz. On a one man mission trying to see it through.